All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Cash Clarity. I'm your host, Abby Nerderman, and I am so grateful that you're listening today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. I know there are a lot of choices out there, and I feel blessed that you want to listen to me. Today, I am providing five steps for surviving a money crisis. Whether it's personal or in your business, it doesn't matter. These five steps are going to help you through. Global pandemics, economic nosedives, unexpected setbacks like natural disasters or even just a car accident. There are many faces that can cause a person financial hardship. No one wants any of these things to happen, yet they happen anyway. While we hope that a financial tornado jumps over our house, our inner survivor wants to fight back to make sure we'll be okay even if we get pummeled. Financial challenges can cause you and your family to experience a flood of emotions, including anger, fear, and embarrassment. Remember, no matter what challenge you're facing, you're not the first. Right now, there are millions of people who are dealing with financial hardships caused by the coronavirus pandemic. Businesses have closed doors for good, and people have lost their jobs. And for those people that have closed their business or lost their job, it means a loss of significant income, dependency on unemployment benefits, at least until it runs out, And for far too many Americans, they'll be wondering how they'll be able to continue to afford their home. And like I said, when this happens, you fight through anger, embarrassment, fear, anxiety, frustration, shame, panic, or depression. And any of these feelings alone can cause a person to shut down, talk themselves into believing they have no control over their fate, and be overcome with paralysis. The world shouldn't be so scary. It's important to remember that we're not alone. We're not the first to face financial challenges, and many people truly want to help, despite all the cynicism you might see on the news or on social media. Plus, there are very real concrete things you can do to minimize the damage, which is what I'm talking about today in this Cash Clarity episode. I'm discussing five steps to survive a money crisis. But before you take any of these steps, it's important to remember not to panic. Accept the problem for what it is. Separate your personal feelings about the matter and reach for your logic. Creating a plan and prioritizing the actions you take will help you to feel more in control and the frenzy of emotion will chill out, at least a little. The best way to conquer fear is by taking action. Part of how you do that is by putting your arms around the big picture. Back when I was in college studying to be an engineer, the first thing I did when I sat down to do my homework was list out all of the knowns for the problem. Then I would list out all of the assumptions for the problem. And even if I didn't know how to start solving it right away, it immediately helped me with my insecurity of not being smart enough to solve it. And you can do that for real life problems too. And for a financial challenge, you can make a list of everything you own and their approximate value. So things like your home or your car. You can make a list of all your debts and how much you owe, including any mortgages, student loans, or credit cards. You can make a list of all of your income sources and how much you expect to make along with how frequently you're paid. Do you still have a day job? Have you picked up a side hustle? Can you find little gigs like walking the neighbor's dog? And then you can make a list of all of your monthly essential expenses. What does it cost to live in your home? 
What's your normal grocery bill? What does your insurance cost? How much do you need for prescription medications? Knowing these things and having all of these listed out will help you tackle the fear and paralysis caused by a financial storm. Plus, it will help you with the five steps to survive a money crisis in today's episodes. And with that, I won't make you wait any longer. And the first step is to accumulate cash. In a financial crisis, cash is king. You want to hold on to as much cash as you possibly can, meaning you want to have money in the bank. You don't want it tied up in other things. You want it to be liquid so you can spend it if you need to. So the most important thing here is to maintain your job if you still have one or to replace that job as soon as possible. If you're thinking about leaving your job, make sure what you have lined up is absolutely guaranteed. You don't want to lose the income that's coming in. And if at all possible, you want to increase your income. Can you pick up a few side gigs here and there? Maybe you can uh, Uber on your way to and from work. Maybe you can start mowing your neighbor's yard. There's lots of things that you could do to pick up a little cash here and there. The next thing you could do is sell your unwanted stuff. What's sitting around your house right now that is collecting dust? Do you have furniture that you're not using? Try and sell that. Do you have clothes in your closet that you haven't worn for years? Try and sell those things. Set up an eBay account or use Facebook Marketplace. I don't know. I'm not the expert on selling stuff online, but maybe you can have a garage sale. See if you can turn that clutter into cash. And then... The last thing I would recommend is to make sure to keep at least $1,000 in cash at all times in case of emergency. Ideally, you would have more cash on hand than just $1,000, but $1,000 is a nice, good, clean, round number, and psychologically, it will help you feel confident and secure that you do have some money in the bank. And $1,000 would be enough to cover any minor emergency that might come up. Maybe... Your kid falls and breaks an arm and you have to put a cast on. Or maybe your refrigerator breaks and you have to replace that. $1,000 will help tie you over until you can replenish it. So that's step number one, accumulate cash. Step number two is to reduce your spending. You want to simplify and really cut out all of the non-essentials. And when I say non-essentials, anything that isn't going to help you cover your housing, your food, or your medical needs. So you want to make sure you're still paying for your rent or your mortgage. You want to still pay for your utilities. You still want to pay your insurance. And you definitely want to be able to buy groceries and prescription medications. But what you can cut out would be things like new clothes or your daily Starbucks habit or maybe your cable. Do you really need to be watching Netflix every day? Maybe you can pop in a DVD of Game of Thrones or whatever floats your boat and entertain yourself that way in the evenings when you're not working. Or better yet, go down to your library, get a library card and start reading books for fun. The next thing to do would be other to find other low-cost alternatives for things that are essential. When was the last time you price shopped for insurance? Maybe you can get your home and auto insurance down by switching carriers. 
Maybe you could do the same thing for your cell phone. Maybe look and see if maybe you need the unlimited data and maybe switch to something lower for a, a brief time period. If you're in a situation where you can't afford your living and your housing, downsize as soon as possible. I know there's a lot of resistance to leaving a family home and having to consider moving. I know it's hard not to be optimistic and say this is only for a season. We'll get back on our feet and we'll be able to stay where we're at. But if you're already in the position where you can't cover your housing costs, then you need to be downsizing now instead of later. Waiting too long is only going to make a bad situation worse. And then if you are saving for retirement or for your kid's college, stop putting that extra away and make sure you have that cash in your wallet to be covering your bills right now. You can always ramp up your savings later on once the financial crisis is over. So that's step number two, reduce spending. Step number three is to be proactive with your creditors. Give them a call if you're experiencing a financial hardship. Many bankers, lenders, credit card companies, they have programs that can assist you through a hard time. They offer what's called forbearance. You can ask to defer payments and add those to the end of your loan term, or you can negotiate new minimum payments, uh, a new interest rate to help get those payments down. For private creditors, so say maybe you owe some medical bills, you can reach out to them and ask if they have any settlement options available. You may not be able to pay your full bill, but they may have payment plans that they can put you on, or I guarantee you they'd much rather settle with you for a lower cost than to potentially hire some collection agencies to come after you or to have to hire a lawyer to sue you. That's a much more expensive avenue for them to go down. They'd be losing money either way. So asking if they have a settlement option could benefit you and benefit them. And then the last thing you could possibly do is maybe consolidate your debt. If you have lots of revolving credit, different credit cards, maybe you can transfer those to a new credit card that has a zero interest transfer rate and then work on paying down your debt that way. Or maybe you can take a loan out against your retirement, which is not my favorite to recommend, but if you're in a hard place, this might be your only option. You could take out a second mortgage or borrow against that retirement fund and consolidate your debt and hopefully get all of your your loans, your credit cards down into one payment to make it easy and straightforward for you so you don't lose track and get into trouble by missing something. So that's step number three, call your creditors. Step number four is to prioritize your debt. Not all debt is created equal. So if you're in a position where you can't pay all of your debts, you can't pay all of your bills, you can't pay off all your loans, you can't pay off all your credit cards every month, then you'll need to prioritize what you pay. And you should always start by paying any tax bills that you have. Your obligations to the IRS never go away, even if you were to declare bankruptcy. So make sure you're paying your taxes first. 
Then if you've borrowed any money from the Small Business Association or if you have any loans that are federally backed, then those debts never go away either. So you'll want to make sure and pay those next. If you've had any settlements due to um, a divorce and you have to pay child support or alimony, those won't go away either. So you want to make sure and be paying those. Not that (laughs) I want to pick on the little guy, but you'll want to pay your private creditors last. These are the types of debts that tend to be forgiven if you end up having to file for bankruptcy. And it's much more important to be paying your taxes and your federally backed loans. So that's step number four, prioritize your debt. Step number five is to take advantage of relief programs. I know it can be hard to ask for help. In America, we really value meritocracy, meaning that we culturally believe that we should be able to do everything ourselves and not have to rely on anyone else to be successful. And that if you don't, you might be lazy. Well, that's just not true. There are many, many hardworking Americans that find themselves in a financial challenge. And there are many programs out there that will assist a living lending hand. And despite all the scare tactics we see on the news and all the cynicism we see on social media, there are really many, many people out there and many programs out there that want to help people who find themselves in a less than desirable situation. Believe it or not, the IRS is one of them. They have payment programs for people who owe on their taxes and they are willing to work with you if you owe money to them. So going back to step number three and four, once you prioritize your debt and you have some tax bills you need to pay, call the IRS and see what they can do to work with you to make your financial crisis a little bit easier. The SBA, the Small Business Association, has programs right now to help through COVID. So it's just a matter of seeking out those programs and seeing if you qualify for them. Another idea is to find pro bono financial advice. There are many certified volunteers that are willing to help in financial associations across the nation that are willing to help you take a look at your current situation and advise you what's the best route for you. If you're in a place where you're having trouble affording your groceries or your food every month, you can check into local food banks and local food bank programs, or maybe you can talk to your local church and see how they might be able to help. You could even contact your employer's United Way program or maybe your former employer's United Way program if you've lost your job. And then you could also talk to a housing counselor and see if you can find more affordable living quarters for you and your family. There's many, many programs, like I said, and I'll be linking up to the ones that I know about in the show notes. And you can find that at goldenratiobookkeeping.com forward slash zero four one. So that was step number five, take advantage of relief programs. So to recap those steps again, real quick, step number one is accumulate cash. Step two, reduce your spending. Step three, call your creditors. Step four, prioritize debt. And step five, ask for help. 
So now I want you to study your big picture, whether you're in a financial crisis or not. And you need to study your big picture like now. I mean, like you needed to do this yesterday if you haven't done it already. If you don't understand where you stand in your current situation, it's going to make a difficult situation untenable. And if you don't start taking action now with advice in this episode, you'll just keep digging that financial hole, which means you'll accumulate more debt than you could ever want, you won't have money for retirement, and you may even have to consider bankruptcy as an option. However, when careful financial planning and prioritizing is done correctly, it will result in an uncomfortable yet survivable situation, which means you'll be able to roll with the punches and be able to rebuild after the dust settles. Now that we're at the end of the episode, you shouldn't feel paralyzed or panicked about what to do in a financial crisis and instead feel reassured that there are several things that you can do that are within your power to make things better for yourself and your family. I hope you come back for the next episode. I'll be going over the IRS's Dirty Dozen for 2020. These are the biggest tax scams that are being reported right now. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts, and I'd be ever so grateful if you'd rate the show or leave a review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews help potential listeners just like you find the show. Until next time.